This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. It's Sunday night. I am I am recovering, Brandon, from a, a very intense basketball game that you and I both watched on our respective television sets. Yeah. Uh yeah, the the uh final four has been decided in NCAA March Madness, and that, that <laughs> UNC Kentucky game was lit. It was amazing. I, I like to start the podcast with a topic that 85% of the people listening will not care about at all. Uh, I have to admit, you know, we so we, we delayed the start of this week's podcast. You know, it was an international break, and there there wasn't – I don't know. You know, we're 30 weeks into the season. We needed a, we needed a few extra days to recharge the batteries. But uh, – and I'm actually feeling recharged, too. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like my energy's back a little yeah, bit. I, yeah. I, I actually I, – I, you know, I, I feel like the last podcast was a little sour. I was just feeling a little – you know, a little down, but you know, it's all good. You know, it's, you feel a little feeling, more positive now. No, I'm not feeling more positive, but I'm just okay with it. You know, I. But I feel like you know, if you're feeling bad about the FPL, just just give it a few days. Give it, a, you know, if I if we recorded that podcast even one day later, I would have been better. Yeah, it you know, was nice that you you took uh, you you've been thirty thirty game weeks straight on the podcast. You hadn't even seen your baby once, so we. <laughs> Took the week off set. so you could meet meet your meet, baby meet for my the child, first time. Finally, yeah, that was that was good. I'm glad we did that. Uh, it was nice to meet her. She seems very cute. I'm sure she'll be beautiful uh, come <laughs> mid May when the season is over. But she'll be the, on her way to college at that point. The timing was good to take a few days off though too because this is the this is the time of year. So I am 
you know, the Premier League is is certainly the sport that I am, you know, that I follow the most closely. But I'm I'm sort of a sports fanatic across the board, and um, you know, I really like baseball a lot too. But the baseball season doesn't really overlap with the Premier League season too much. You know, the majority of the games are when the season's uh, already over. Uh, but then there's this one stretch of March where um, where college basketball, there's the NCAA tournament, college basketball, and I sort of, I like just lose my mind about it for a couple of days. And it's sort of like all, all other sports kind of like fall by the wayside for college basketball. Uh, but now it's like I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to get back into the uh, Premier League doing game. doing the uh, NCAA brackets, uh, filling out your brackets with the 64 teams. Uh, it is like to me FPL light. In that I yeah. am not super well versed on all sixty-four teams that are going to end yep. up in the March Madness tournament. Yep. I just breezily run through the bracket, picking a team here, a team there. I don't care. Watch you become the- a casual. I'm a, I am a casual, exactly a March Madness <laughs> casual, and it feels great. <laughs> so that's what we've been up to. Uh, I don't know. If there's anything more to say. Uh, we're going to get into so in this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the international break. Uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, you know, Seamus Coleman, uh, there were a couple other injuries, a couple other players who uh, might have been injured, but it looks like they're okay. Uh, then we're going to talk about the announcement of double game weeks and um, some long-term planning. A lot of people are starting to wildcard right now. And uh, after that, we're going to talk about game week 30. And uh, in particular, we're going to talk about captain choices for game week 30 because uh, it's a tricky week for captain choices, especially if you are not on a wild card. Um, a lot of the captain options that people want aren't players they necessarily have right now. So um, that's something that um, that we'll dive into a little bit, too. So. Uh, that's the uh, that's the episode. I'm excited um, for this captaincy conversation for game week 30 because right now I have my armband on Sergio Aguero and uh, it's confusing me. Yeah, you can't feel good about that. I mean, not especially, <laughs> not especially. So we'll, let's talk about it later. Before that, Brandon, I have to ask you: are are you interested in the Norwegian Premier League? I mean, am I not interested in the Norwegian Premier League? I can't understand if we are, if people are earnestly asking us to join the Norwegian, to start a Norwegian Premier League Fantasy League, or if it's like kind of a troll job and they're sort of making fun of us or what. But like almost every day now, I get a post asking me if we're if we're creating a Norwegian Premier League league. I I can't even name a pl- a team or a player in the Norwegian Premier League. Did no Bob, offense, did Bob Bradley at some point? Oh, it is. It's the Tipologen. I think Bob Bradley that's right. manages that's right. in the Tipologen. So we we owe it to the U.S. manager who cracked the Premier League to to start a team. Yeah, and I'm sure the Norwegian Premier League is about as competitive as as Major League Soccer. You know, so there's no no shame there. It's a nice, you know, I'm sure it's a it's a good uh, solid tier. How about and I say, how about and I, I don't say that to disparage Major League Soccer. I'm saying, you know, I'm sure it's it's right there. I mean, uh, Stromgoodset. How about? <laughs> do you want to follow Stromgoodset this season? Yeah, I might. I might. So, uh, I don't. Okay, to answer the question that has been asked, uh, like a couple dozen times, uh, we will not be starting a Norwegian Premier League fantasy league this year. I'm sorry. Uh, we're all in on the Gold Cup. We're all in on. Uh, what else is even going on this summer? Like somehow there's not a Copa America. There's been a Copa America every year. <laughs> I'm sure year there are a few golf <laughs> tournaments happening this summer. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll go. Uh, maybe we'll go all in on the uh, the British Open and the, sh- the uh, She Believes Cup. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so that's yeah. That I just want to put a button on the. It is interesting that the uh, not not much is made of the Tipologen season starting the first week of April. I assume this is weather related. It's too cold in Norway to play 
Um, yep. To I'm sure. I'm winter. sure that's. I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's pretty simple explanation in the end, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> Brandon, Scott Gill has a question. He says, time to wildcard. Every time I look at my West Brom players, I think, why are you still in my team? It's a good what question, Scott. Yeah, I, I, I have Macaulay. I'm team Macaulay. And I, I do feel this. I share the sentiments in that Macaulay is, seems like a long ways away from leaving my team. But their defenses, West Brom's defenses look pretty, pretty spotty of late. They've, they've just made up for their terrible defense by the number of goals that they score, be it uh, McCauley or, or Brunt, uh, Craig Dawson more recently. I know, and they just lost a, a, a fixture in game week 34. Oh, yeah, we were just talking before we started the pod, The one of the only game weeks perhaps in history where there has been <laughs> one team to not play. So yeah, that's odd, nineteen teams playing in one game week. Terrible one run too. They, they play Man U away, Liverpool away, and extra in thirty four. Uh, but to answer the first part of the question, it is time to wild card for me. I, my wild card is active. Wow, it is active. That's it that is. is huge yeah. news. Drop the bomb on this podcast. I did. I, when I, did you I go active? Of, well, I, I think I rage wild carded maybe on Monday. And so I built up a whole new team. Uh, it was very satisfying to transfer out like eleven players, uh-huh. maybe more. It was like it was like almost the whole team. Like I think. <laughs> Did you air your grievances as you transferred each of them out? <laughs> Shut up! Like, I needed a. And to yeah, you, like, Philippe Coutinho. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I was very, it was very unsentimental. It was, it was ruthless. Uh, I mean, I, it's hard to say which player. I enjoyed getting rid of more. Getting rid of Phil Jones was intensely satisfying. Uh, but getting rid of Junior Stanislaw was intensely satisfying. It's like that Simpsons episode where uh, Sideshow Bob uh, brings like brings Bart and Lisa back home to, to Marge. Okay. And, uh, and he's like, I want you to know that your children are very bad. And uh, Marge goes, even Lisa? And he goes, especially Lisa, but especially Bart. <laughs> so especially Stanislaus was uh, was bad yeah, on your team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I could have told that in a funnier way, but let's let's move on, Brandon. I I I, I, I do love your Simpson stories. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's Stanislaw one is incredible because I mean I'll never understand what happened there. I mean, I, I know he's injured now, but before he was injured, it was like what four or five weeks of just no shows because like while they were losing every single game and needed goals. Yeah, there's uh, there's more to the story there. There's got to yeah, be. Yeah, there must be. Uh, yeah, so it feels good to have the wild card going. Um, I I'm don't... jealous. I, I'm not prepared to play my wild card yet. The yeah, I I need since I've already played my triple captain. Basically, my wild card is going to be built around maximizing my bench boost, and I think yeah, I, I, that's going to be my strategy. I think at least going into game week 34, probably it's yeah. game week 37. But it does well, that, seem kind of insane to wait that long to play my wild card. Well, that was my thinking. I, I you know, I'm I'm bringing those players in right now. I mean, you know who the you know where the double game weeks are coming. You know, I mean, you know, you look at a team like like you know, like uh, Middlesburger. You know, where you've got maybe that's not uh, there's no one on that like there's no one on that team you want to start week in week out. But you know, they have a pretty good double game week coming up. Cough, so, cough, Martin Darun. <laughs> yeah, well, Darun. Uh, you know, possibly, you know, someone like Ben Gibson is an interesting option. Uh, Victor Valdez is an interesting option. So players like that, I think, are good. Uh, I'm, you know, Pickford, I was rather I stunned that uh, Ben Gibson got an England call up. Uh, that's got to be big for his confidence. 
Yeah, well, that was like a comedy of errors because uh, Phil Jones injured or Chris Smalling stepped on Phil Jones's toe. I believe is what happened. I'm shocked that it wasn't a a Wales player that just came out of nowhere with a two footer to destroy <laughs> destroy everyone in one fell yeah. swoop. And then uh, Smalling got injured himself, so the entire Man United uh, back line or their, their their central defenders got injured. Uh, now the Chris Smalling one could actually be a blessing to disguise for Manu, uh, but both those players got injured within like four days of each other. <laughs> I mean, United, Man, Man United will be fine. They've got Eric Bailly, Marcus Rojo, and uh, probably, they, yeah, probably, they've probably got, better. I mean, they've, yeah, they've got decent rotation there. And we're, we, I think we have a question about Antonio Valencia that's coming up later on in the pod. So, uh, wild card is active. Feels good. Uh, you know, it gives me a little. It, it, it's invigorating. I mean, you have what you know, nine weeks left in the season, and you know, for me, I I don't actually I don't have a ton to play for, but in our cash mini league, I still we we have the playoffs this year for the first time in our head to head. Yeah. And uh, I can still get into the playoffs. I'm only like a win away from that. So try to get into the playoffs. And then ideally, I'll still have all my chips available. Uh, and I might even like forego using a chip earlier on so that I can save it for the playoffs. You're going to go on a South Carolina-esque uh, Final Four <laughs> run, Josh, in the playoffs. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it is fun. It's just fun to uh, it's fun to use those chips. I, I actually wish they would go back, you know. We need like another podcast where we just talk about what we wish the the game site would do, but I I, I wish they would go back to having a uh, you, we had to play a wild card just in January. You know, I think I just you know I, I, I my team got very stale because I you know I think I wild carded in game week six or something like that. Yeah, and you know for the last twenty four or twenty five weeks I have been stuck with players I don't want to have. You know, I mean, I finally got rid of Jordi Amant like a week ago, you know, because they just get buried at the end of your bench and there's just never a good time to get rid of them. I mean, I had, you know, Pickford was injured for 10 weeks and I, you know, so if you could just play it in January, you could, you know, I feel like it gives you like a little energy boost too, you know? What about a monthly wild card? That's too much. I mean, that's like, I know there are like certain fantasy games where it's like you can every week you can like build a brand new team and that, like that's too much. It's too, I like the structure of one transfer. Yeah. You know, even two. I, I, I think two you could justify two. But one transfer, you, you make two transfers, you burn four points. It puts you in like it just gives you some structure. And so, you know, with a season this long, I don't want to be that anxious every single game week about like building a whole new team or finding three new players to transfer in or whatever. So is it safe to say that you don't have a West Brom defender in your wildcard team? They're both gone. <laughs> See you later, uh, Ben Foster. What a horrible pickup you were. I mean, just looking at Scott Gill's question, though, just having West Brom defenders is not reason enough to wildcard. I mean, they, they score so no. many goals on set pieces. Sure. I, yeah. I yeah. am I'm beyond. I don't think I'll be starting Gareth McCauley uh, this this game week maybe not uh, many game weeks to come but i'm more than happy to have him on my bench he basically has all of my team value wrapped up in him right now <laughs> that's true that's true yeah he should be up to like 7.5 given what he's done so far this year well, he has 100 percent ownership actually 99.9 <laughs> since you wild carded josh he should have a uh, vincent company level vintage vincent company <laughs> level prices remember i think vincent company was like seven million one year to start the season yeah that was that was pre his um Injury history, yeah. Debilitating uh, Abu Dhabi esque injury run. So, Brandon, let's get let's get right into it. I mean, I, you know, I know we could talk a little bit about game week twenty nine, but let's just let's just you know 
everyone wants to talk about what's 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 ahead now. It's been you know ten days since since game week twenty nine you know wrapped up. So let's let's get right into the national break. Uh, let's not even take a break. Let's just get right into it. Uh, we don't Jeff have to Petter, take a break, Josh, because <laughs> the internationals took the break for us. So there's a there's a comment here from Jeff Question that I'm going to phrase to you as a as a question, which he says international breaks just killing any planning knowledge I had. Yeah, it, it's it's true. It was, they're they're like dropping like flies, particularly the defenders. And Seamus Coleman, public enemy number one. I think we had all. He was one of those players that we all planned to get Everton D in because they had a game in game week twenty six and game week twenty eight. There was the great yeah. Baines Coleman uh, debate, and I think everyone is pretty stoked to have Coleman in their squads coming out of that run especially with Hull on the horizon. And now with Coleman out, just the entire prospect of anyone on the Everton team, apart from Lukaku seems, seems sort of strange to me. I mean, I, we can talk a little bit. Sean, Sean, number one, you know, asked if, you know, with Coleman out, do you look at Holgate on Everton? The problem is, you know, they're about to run into two really difficult fixtures. You know, they play Liverpool away and Man United away. Which uh, and Leicester at home suddenly doesn't look like a very good fixture either from a defender standpoint. Uh, even Burnley not great, you know. So the next four are not. I mean, it just seems like um, I, w- I wouldn't do a like for like replacement. I guess I would look at you know Valencia is kind of the obvious swap. Um, you know. Uh, well, you have to. Okay, so Everton they're they did not blank. They're not looking at a double right now. So. Holgate, while he might be good value and it looks like he'll right. probably slot into Coleman's position, why not spend that money on somebody that is going to have a double coming up? Right. So uh, Dan Henshaw you know, suggested Walker or Bertrand. Uh, you know, Southampton have two double game weeks coming up, but uh, neither of them are very good. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. They're, they're not. They're not very appealing doubles. So. Um, but but that being said, I mean Bertrand, you know, at least vintage Bertrand was capable of you know a goal or an assist. So um, yeah, it's I, true, I and he he has of, he has been in good form for Southampton recently. Plus, uh, getting the England call up, I think. Uh, I mean that Southampton team they they're playing good football. Uh, I I agree, their fixtures don't look enticing, but uh, it could be some kind of differential because Bertrand is good for an assist. Yeah, I mean Bertrand. So Bertrand's five point four million. Uh, he is um, he's selected by two point three percent of managers. So if you really, if you really feel like you need a differential option, he's not a bad, uh, bad pickup. You know, he had two assists uh, away to Sunderland in game week twenty five and a clean sheet. Picked up fourteen points in that game. Uh, but he's uh, picked up you know assists. He had an assist two weeks before that away to Swansea. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah, I think that Bertrand's an interesting option. Well, um, Cedric Suarez on the other side of the defense for Southampton. He's been, a kind of, he's been kind of schizophrenic this season. He's got injury problems, but he's been consistently in the starting lineup for the last like seven or eight games playing a full 90. He's gotten, he's bagged an assist, but he's very active on the wing. Yeah. And he's priced much more affordably at 4.8. Yep. So yep. Uh, if, if cost is an issue for you, if you're looking at Bertrand, I'd strongly suggest you also take Suarez in your consideration. Um, and I guess if you have the money, uh, Kyle Walker would be the uh, the other option there. Yep. Josh, um, I'm already but, locked and loaded. I dropped Coleman and picked up Kyle Walker. He's did in you really? Squad. Yeah. yeah so that, no, that makes sense. What, what what was Coleman at by the time I, I dropped him during my wild card? Um, 
already actually just cause I didn't like the the next two fixtures I for think him. I had already lost point two on Coleman just that fast. overnight. Wow. Yeah, he he dropped like a stone. Um, yeah, so he's he's listed at six point one right now as his uh, his current buying price. So yeah, so that's not a that's not a difficult. I mean, most people have that, enough money in the bank to make that up. You know, make that swap. I don't love the um, you know Vertonghen is the cheap option that people look at. What about Stephen um, Davies? Yeah, Davies exactly. Davies would be the one to look at there. I mean, Danny Rose is just he's, he's out maybe through the end of the season, right? There's no news. It's 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 like that project that your boss keeps asking you about. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah I'll get back to you on it. Don't worry about it. We're working on it. And that's so sad. Like Kane out for the season, likely Rose out for the season, likely McGee out for the season, likely McGee. Luke, Luke, say it ain't so. <laughs> Did Luke McGee. Did Neil Taylor get to him? Oh, actually, no. He joined Peterborough on loan. Excuse me. So he's out through the end of the season, though. It's a loan deal, Brandon. So that that one counts. That's Peter, a tough one. Peterborough, the law of Peterborough. That's what they call that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough road for Spurs. I mean, it, it's tough in that they've lost so many key players, but their fixture list remains uh, just mouthwatering. Uh, so many, so many greens in yeah. the uh, difficulty rating. And also well, Deli Ali, uh, I have to believe Deli Ali is in your wildcard team. Him uh, picking up that penalty in game week 29, I think shocked everyone. But it was a real mission statement, I think, for Deli Ali saying, I am the leader of this team when Harry Kane is not here. Yeah, I, I'm really struggling right now with, uh, with what to do with uh, with 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 my Spurs. My, you know, I feel like you really do need one Spurs midfielder, and I haven't decided uh, who I want to bring in yet. It's, I mean, I have son, I actually still have son in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie is, is tempting obviously, but he's, he's kind of expensive. Um, and if I'm going to bring in Sanchez, the, okay. So the question is, do I drop all of my Liverpool midfielders during this wild card or do I, cause they're, the run of fixtures is actually really solid and, you know, they don't really have much to play for at this point. So, you know, do I keep Sadio Mane for this strong run? But there's there's really no double game weeks coming up for them, so it's just He's talking about expensive. I mean, Sadio yeah, Mane is, I know. is well, way yeah. over. If you're comparing Mane to Deli Ali in current current form, I think the choice is pretty clear to me. But if you look at Liverpool's, I know. Well, that well that is true. But if you look at Everton's run, or excuse me, Liverpool's run from thirty to thirty eight, they don't have a bad fixture. There's yeah. there's literally not one fixture on there that. That is worrisome. Uh, that is going to get them in trouble. I mean, you worry. Play, you worry easily, Josh, as well. So. I, I do worry. Yeah, I'm very cautious by nature. I mean, and granted, they have struggled with teams they should beat. But looking at this, I mean, they should win like seven out of nine of these games, and they have a lot to play for right now because, you know, they're in the. Um, I think they're in that fourth slot right now, right, for the Premier League. So, yeah. you know, there's there's really a lot to play for. Um, all right. So, any other injury? We actually all we've talked about so far is uh, um, Seamus Coleman. Uh, Alexis Sanchez played. Uh, played right. Yeah, he's fine. He, as he usual. played. He played. Coutinho, Firmino both played for Brazil. Did uh, you see that uh, Sanchez got like a talking to from his Chilean teammates? Because he no, was sulking. It didn't. What was, was that all about? He was sulking uh, after they lost, and uh, all the Chileans went over to applaud the fans, and he went off to the locker room. And everyone was like, "Hey, this is an arsenal. Like, you don't get to do this. <laughs> That's you, don't get to, you don't get to quit on your uh, on your national team like this. I mean, it is, the national team were like they they want a Copa America. Like, it's 
they have been very successful. Like you lost Argentina. Okay. Like that's a tough game. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just like, he, it's, he's letting the club stuff affect him, but it's really, uh, he's just being very immature and, uh, I wish he would stop. It's, it's annoying. I wonder how much, uh, I mean, clearly a lot has to do with Alexis Sanchez as a person, but being in the club culture at Arsenal probably hasn't helped him very much over the last few years. He is just such a fun player to watch. Like, I, I want him to be a good guy. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but I, I just it, it's it's a bummer to see him so sulky. It, yeah. You know, it hasn't it hasn't really affected the way he plays. But then you just it just like it makes me squirm when he gets like subbed off. And he I mean, compare he, like, him to Vidal, who is equally just an incredible athlete and uh, you know, ferocious competitor. If I can roll yeah. out the cliches here, right. um, but you can't imagine that Vidal would pull crap like that. He's it's just, yeah, it just, it's like it, that kind of fire, like, I mean, we all know people like this, right? Like people who like just can't turn it off or whatever, but it's, I don't know. It's just like, he's got to grow up. He's like, he's almost 30. Pull, pull, <laughs> pull yourself together, man. <laughs> okay. So should we talk about this? We're already talking about Alexis Sanchez. You're wild carding. A lot of people are are thinking about he was, the uh, first, he was the first player I brought in. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of the advice we were pushing for the last couple of weeks when we were coming out of these blanks that Sanchez is still, despite all the turmoil yeah. at that club, right? He's, you got nothing, nothing affects him. I mean, he could, he, he you know, he could you know, be trying to force a move out of Arsenal at the end of the season. He could be feuding with Arsene Wenger. He could be injured. It wouldn't matter. He's still going to play and he's still going to score or assist most, you know, most games that he's in, um, you know, and uh, yeah, and he's on penalties. So, um, and they have two double game weeks coming up. I mean, there's just so many different reasons to, to bring in Sanchez. Uh, he's the only player on that team I would bring in. Uh, I wouldn't look at any of the defenders and especially with Peter checkout for a couple of weeks. Uh, I wouldn't look at any of the other midfielders. I mean, there's no other options except him, especially with with uh, with Giroud not being a consistent, you know, option at the forward line. Yeah. Are, are you at all surprised that we're not talking about Theo Walcott at this point in the season, given the start he had? I mean, that's one of the more predictable things that ha- that yeah, has happened. I'm, this I'm not. Season, right? I'm I'm not surprised. No. <laughs> Theo. Theo. All right. We talked about Smalling and Jones. Uh, oh, Antonio is out for three to four weeks. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, that's uh, God. And uh, yeah, Antonio is like he's in that Sandy Cazorla. Like, I actually think I need to start adding Antonio to that. You know, like when I talk about my favorite players to watch in the Premier League, I always say Santi, but I think Antonio is right there. I mean, that guy is really fun to watch. He yes, he is. I mean, just just pound for pound, the best goal celebrations around the world. Pound for pound. He is pound for pound. He also, I, I love the way that he can play left back. He can play as a striker. He can play as a winger. Uh, really versatile player. And, uh, yeah, so uh, too bad, Antonio. Get well soon. So going back to the Phil Jones and uh, Chris Smalling injuries, we've got Rojo priced at 5.2. And uh, we've got Eric Bailly. Let's see. Where is Eric Bailly? Okay, there is Eric Bailly. He's at 5.3. I love Eric Bailly. And I'd say... I'd say he's looking pretty tempting to me right now. Yeah, I like Eric Bailly as well. And let's see. Okay, so Eric Bailly has played three of the last four matches. So pretty good. I mean, they don't have a – they're not in the FA Cup anymore, uh, but they are in the Europa League. And so they're the only – okay, so they're they're actually – I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit, uh, or I'm just going to hint at this a little bit, but – 
you know, in my opinion, the only Man United player that I feel very confident bringing in in my wild card would be Ibrahimovic. And even him, I can't actually bring in because he doesn't play this upcoming game week. Yeah. So I need like a I need like a placeholder player, someone like Diego Costa, or or Jamie Vardy, who is like there for like two weeks, and then I bring Zlatan in. Now, did you see these alarmist headlines about Diego Costa getting scans on his ankle? I mean, apparently, he's all clear, but there was some fretting about an injury that he picked up on his ankle in training for Spain. No, I'm, I'm happy to say I missed that. I actually don't have him on my team right now anyway. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, we could talk, like, we could actually spend, like, a whole episode talking about wildcard stuff because, uh, you know, the Lukaku question is really tricky for me. You know, like, can you drop Lukaku given his form and given how he's performing? You know, like, is is he kind of undroppable right now? I feel like he is. Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, he scored in the last four games. Uh, he just scored uh, in the um, in World Cup qualifying. He has, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. He has nine goals in his last six matches. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he's interruptible, too. Nine bonus points in those matches, too. The fixtures are not so appealing. I mean, I do actually like his chances of scoring against Liverpool this weekend. But yeah. uh, then you're away at Old Trafford, and uh, then Leicester, which you're, you're really un- yeah. un- unsure how Leicester is going to be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah, it does seem like he's sort of – okay, the thing is we, we we know that he's not fixture-proof. I mean, this is a guy who can definitely – especially especially in a way – it's interesting. Like, so I'm looking at his performance and the places where he hasn't scored uh, in the last, you know, 10 game weeks or so. It's been – Away to Middlesbrugger, away to Stoke, away to Crystal Palace, away to Hull. Uh, didn't score against Arsenal, didn't score against Liverpool, uh, didn't score against Man U or Southampton. He's, but he's scored kind of against everybody else, but that... But basically just yeah. mostly at home, too. He loves playing at home against yeah. crap teams. Yeah, but then he did score away to Spurs, and you know he scored a goal away to Man City earlier this season. So I, I don't think that he's like a full-on like flat-track bully. But um, there's still like a little part of you that's like, eh, like, are you like, can I trust you? You know, <laughs> can I trust you like over the devil? Game oh, yeah. Yeah. There is. It's the it's the continuing debate of resurrecting the troll Kaku uh, right. signature and then putting it to bed permanently. And then the next week we have to resurrect it again. He is he is and probably always will be that kind of mercurial player. But uh, he is trying to force a move to a Champions League side uh, in the offseason. So I think that Benfica think, fans watch out. Yeah. I, so I don't think that um, <laughs> PSG, maybe uh, that PSG seems like the most obvious fit, doesn't it? Uh, so I feel like if there's no way he's going to turn it off the last 10 weeks, right? Because he needs to play as well as he can try to win the golden boot. You know, try to um, just you know, leave a great impression. You know, kind oh, of like Luis the, Suarez did his last season. One of the, one of my like, more memorable, mem- one of my more lasting memories from this season will be him trying to claim that Tom Davies uh, first <laughs> Premier League goal, yeah. and it he just oozes this striker mentality. It's sort of going back to what we were saying about Alexis Sanchez, like Lukaku cares about one thing and one thing only: Lukaku's stats, Lukaku's goal bonuses, and Lukaku's Champions League transfer. So I totally you don't know him. You don't know what he's. You don't know what makes him tick. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. He's just he's uh, he's he an ambitious inter- guy. 
he and Valencia seem to get along very well. I mean, they're, I'm they're sure if, you, if you're hanging schools. out with Rom, he'd be he'd be nice, he'd be fun, he'd be smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to be friends with him, honestly. Uh, last international break question: Rachel Pi, private investigator that we know, says, "Are the Netherlands going to miss another big tournament?" I'm going to say it right here on Always Cheating. Yeah, no Netherlands in the World Cup. Uh, I, I agree with that. It makes me very sad. I was actually looking at the international. I was like, I was looking at their group yesterday, and uh, I was just it's so. I mean, who doesn't like to see Netherlands in the in the World Cup finals? You know, hey, it scored one of my favorite goals of the World Cup. Robin van that Robin van Persie uh, diving header, so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. God, how old is Iron Robin at this point? It it seems like he's been scoring goals in international tournaments as long as I've been alive. I know. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break and let's talk about uh, the double game weeks and some uh, long-term planning. We could almost call this like a wild card section because a lot of these questions are very wild card focused. Wild card. (laughs) I think you have like an actual sound effect for a second there. (laughs) Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Brandon, we're back. Uh, Double game weeks, long-term planning, wild cards, whatever you want to call this section. Uh, so we've there are some new double game weeks that have been announced. Uh, double game weeks have been announced for Crystal Palace, Man United, and Middlesbrugger, uh, along with a blank uh, blank game week for West Brom. So just qu- quickly, those those double game weeks uh, that have been announced are Crystal Palace. They play away to Liverpool and home to Spurs. Horrible. Totally horrible. Uh, Man United play uh, away to Burnley and away to Man City. So, you know, okay. Uh, and then uh, the Burgers play uh, way to Bournemouth and home to Sunderland, which would be incredibly exciting if they had any offensive players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, defenders are really the the story of the day for for Burger. And did you see this goal that uh, Zaha scored over the international break? No, uh, I didn't. It was. Let's see. I okay. I'm not going to be able to describe it to you because I watched it like three days ago, and I can see moments of it in my head there's a lots of lots of very skillful dribbling through players and then a well-placed shot into an unstoppable position of the goal but he looked good he's he's looked he's looked very good since he got back from akon and if i were to punt on anyone from palace i guess it'd be Zaha. I mean, can, can I make that case? Well, it would feel very punty. Uh, let, let me just pull up Zaha. We, we, we did not do a deep dive into Crystal Palace players, the numbers-wise, at least before this episode. But so The knowledge Zaha, on always cheating is so deep that we can just shoot it right from the hip. <laughs> After 30 weeks, we have internalized a fair amount of this stuff, I think. But in the last— I uh, memorized six, Wilfred Zaha's name. The last six game weeks, uh, Zaha has uh, he's, he's played the majority of the games. He's played all six games, uh, more than sixty. The minimum was sixty-seven. He's played the full ninety-three times, uh, and he did score away to West Brom in game week twenty-seven. But you know, remember game week twenty-seven now is like three, like it's like a month ago, because <laughs> they didn't have a fixture in game week twenty-eight, and then they they played in game week twenty-nine and they won. Uh, and so, need we remind you that West Brom defenders don't play defense. They just post up on corner kicks. <laughs> right. It was a rare uh, scoreless loss for West Brom, that, that 2 nothing away away loss. They, I don't know why they were getting so singled out for being on the beach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of teams are on the beach right now. Also, the I mean, beach is nice. 
Yeah, the Watford's been on the beach for like eighteen weeks. <laughs> when's, when's the last time you cared about a Watford game? <laughs> the uh, the Watford uniforms actually are orange, but they've been on the beach for so long that the sun has faded them, uh, so well, they appear <laughs> yellow. Appear yellow. Sun well, faded. I mean, yeah, I have not watched. Uh, I've not watched with any kind of fantasy related interest a Watford game in like twenty weeks. Like I can't. I cannot remember the last time there was like anything. We even talked about a Watford player in the pod. Yeah, I mean there was like that Troy Deeney moment for a while. But yeah, and then he then scored an own goal just to punish everyone who who, who had that bright idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so I, I, what yeah. the Watford this season has been amazing because um, Luke Shaw broke his leg. Uh, was that in a Champions League match or uh, Europa League? Whatever. Yeah, Bro- yeah. Broke his leg, famously broke his leg and was out. And he came back at the start of the season. And that Watford game in which Watford steamrolled United actually suspended Luke Shaw's career more than his broken leg. <laughs> That's, true. That's my theory, yeah, Mourinho, anyway. Mourinho is so interesting the way he just loses trust in players. There's, you know, once he does, you're just. You're never be. I mean, like look, look at Juan Mata, right? I mean, Juan Mata, you know, one of the best players on, you know, player the player of the year for Chelsea two years in a row, uh, and then you know Mourinho gets. I mean, Mourinho has used him a fair amount, to be fair, but it's just you never feel. I would never feel safe bringing Juan Mata into my team because I know that he doesn't fully have Mourinho's trust, you know. So yeah, they're not. They're not, they're not passing the notes game. in the locker room or sharing secrets. That's, that's no, Jeremiah Johnson says, should we mainly turn, this is all, okay, this is all under the umbrella of uh, wild carding and long-term planning. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, should we mainly target those fighting for top four and against re- uh, regulation? Uh, any patterns from previous se- seasons regarding the final quarter of the season? Patterns. Man, Jeremiah, you're really asking a lot of us here. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not asking that much. Trends, I'll say. <laughs> Well, yeah, the trend is, as we were just talking about teams on the beach, there will be teams, particularly like a month from now when you're when we're late April, where there are teams like well and truly on the beach. Um, But then you'll have uh, these odd games like it was the last game week of the season where Lukaku was a loney at West Brom and scores a hat trick. There are still rogue players out there that are playing for themselves. They're playing for guts, glory, permanent loan moves, and all, all this, that, and the other that can throw off your your best laid plans or your patterns. Uh, yeah, I mean, outside of okay, like what are the teams that have like basically nothing to play for at this point? West Brom, probably Watford, Stoke, Stoke, definitely Stoke. Uh, I mean, even Everton, it feels like they're trying to build something, so it doesn't it doesn't feel like that team is coasting right now. Uh, I mean, the results also back that up. Uh, maybe Burnley is getting close, right? I mean, they're pretty safe. I can't imagine them going down this year. Oh yeah, uh, I, I yeah. would agree. I would agree. If, if Leicester can win a couple more games, they'd be in that category too. I mean, they're pretty much already there, but they're playing so well that that um, and they have so much to make up for. You know, <laughs> they're so bad. How about Southampton? Southampton. Okay, so here are th- three interesting teams: West Ham, Southampton. Well, two interesting teams. Let's talk about West Ham and Southampton. The Hams, okay. The 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 two Hams. Uh, So West Ham, I feel like they're they're safe. Uh, Let's see how many points are they on. They're on thirty three points, but it it, there's there's no way they're going to get dragged into anything. Right, right. But I feel like they've had such a depressing dark season 
that Billich is going to be pushing for wins till the last week just to sort of like save whatever reputation he has or whatever yeah. goodwill they're trying to build up in this, this new <laughs> London stadium. So I would not count West Ham among those teams. That just That's just my gut feeling. Well, yeah, but losing Antonio hurts. I will. I will. I mean, they they lost Antonio and Payet now, who are kind of the two. Although Lanzini is playing so well that maybe they're a little. Is it time for Snodgrass to shine now that now that uh, Antonio is? Uh, I, I... He has played so poorly. Maybe maybe Snodgrass has to be the best player in a bad that's, team. That's, yeah, I think that's kind of what I was going to uh, uh, state. Is that the the better players that are knocked off of the West Ham lineup, the better that Snodgrass is going to look. So you know, Bournemouth I think is in that category. They, uh, you know, they're on thirty-three points now. They're in eleventh place. I, I can't see them going down. Uh, really, anyone? So, okay, so the teams that could still like probably go down, right, are Sunderland, uh, the Burgers, uh, Hull City, Swansea, Crystal Palace. I'm, I'm going to cut Leicester out because I just think they have. There's just no chance they're going to get relegated. I agree. Uh, Watford, I think, is still in some trouble. Yeah. Uh, and I think Burnley is fine as do I, and, and I feel the same way about West Ham and Bournemouth. Um, so that leaves what there's like, that's like six teams then that are in the relegation spot. Yeah. Maybe seven. Yeah. Right. So meaning, meaning if we're looking at patterns, you, you might want to invest. I mean, this is why Gilfie Sigurdsson is still on everybody's team. How are you feeling about wild carding for Gilfie? So too Gilfie expensive. Is- He's actually still in my squad for now, but yeah. he might he might have to get cut if I need to fund another move. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about leaving some money in the bank for me to make an easy move for Zlatan. Okay. Uh, af- after this game week. Yeah. Because um, I think even with the Europa League, I think that Zlatan is I mean, he effectively just got a month break. Right. He's retired from international duty. Uh, couldn't play the last three fixtures. Or, you know, there was an international break. Um, I think he did play in the Europa League game. Um, I, I know he did. The, He's the been half playing so many time. minutes. He's not going to, once he comes back from this um, suspension, off, he is, yeah, he is not going to be missing any of these matches. If they're playing no. a double, I, he'll be the last person to be rotated. He really will. Exactly. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played every single fixture that Menu has the rest of the season. He hasn't missed a single uh, Premier League fixture apart from the ones where he's been suspended. Yeah. I mean, the guy is jacked. He, he looks like so he looks jacked. like me actually. Like he's like he's not quite as fit as I am, but he's like right there. You know, he's like just a cut below. Your hair, your hair is just a little bit longer than. Uh, That's the only too. difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I wear it up. You know, and like I like straight up like Marge Simpson. So it's all the <laughs> Simpsons references today. Uh, all right. So I don't know if that answers your question, Jeremiah. I I, I think the, the answer is. Um, that I think you've got it right. Um, I mean, I think in previous seasons we have seen this, though, right? I mean, this happened. You know, I remember last year. Just to just name one example, uh, a lot of people waited to play their triple captain until game week thirty-seven, um, and they were going to ca- their tri- gonna triple captain Romelu Lukaku. Uh, but Everton at that point was in like eighth place, right? They had nothing to play for, yeah. and Lukaku did nothing, right? Yeah. He picked up, I think he picked up four points in two games. Uh, so, you know, cause they just, it was, it was April and they couldn't, they couldn't make the Europa league or champions league. They couldn't get relegated and he did not give a shit. Right. <laughs> so uh, I do think you'll start to see that more, but I, I think as you said earlier, Brandon, uh, we're not quite there yet with some of these teams, you know, give them like two more weeks and we'll, we'll have a clear picture of who might go down and, and who's on the beach. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adam Beasley tweets at us. There's a mad rush for Valencia. Is it best to just follow the herd? 
So we've talked a little bit about uh, replacements for all of the fallen battle heroes of the United yeah. defense. I think that, I, I, okay, yeah, I, I mean, Valencia is the obvious option because even if they don't keep a clean sheet, he can get attacking points. I mean, he has, he has 20 points. He has 20 more points than any other Man U defender. Uh, like that goal that goal against poor Victor Valdez was uh, ridiculous. And as, as much as you and I like Baye as a player, and I feel the same way, I'm not sure that he's he's not as good a fantasy asset as he is an actual football player. I mean, he has no goals and no assists on the season, and uh, I think that he only has. Well, he's, he's accumulated a few baps. Uh, he's, yeah, he's a nine nine bonus points. It looks like. So yeah, you're basically just getting him on the guarantee that Manchester United gets clean sheets coming up, which you know the it's, the counter it's not guaranteed. The counter here, well, his ownership's not actually as high as I was expecting. And Antonio's ownership is only 13.7%. Wouldn't you have expected that to be closer to, like, 30? I really misjudged his ownership level. Uh, Yeah, what did I expect Tony V's ownership to be at? That's a very good question. At least least 20, right? I mean, like, 20, 25%. Maybe. I feel like nobody's been talking about him until just recently. Yeah, I mean, he's got... I feel like the hurt, I feel like... As uh, Adam says, the herd is just starting to form here with, with yeah. Tony. I mean, he's got three goals and uh, and one. Or th- not, excuse me, not three goals. He has three assists and one goal uh, in the last um, in the last uh, six fixtures, and he also has three clean sheets. So, um, yeah, he's picked up a, a ton of points. It's true. It's it's the smartest pick. I mean, if if uh, Smalling or Jones miraculously comes back from injury, there could Valencia is not going to get rotated. He's safe. Right. He's not like as expensive. I'm more shocked at how cheap he is. At five point eight, I kind of expected him to be a little more expensive. Yeah, and exactly at five point eight versus five point three for Bay, I pay the extra point five million for the the security. Yeah. Uh, blend blend Rojo. Smalling Jones, I wouldn't even look at those guys. I just don't feel safe, you know, saying that they would start. I mean, Luke Shaw might get some starts near the end. Yeah. Even even just to put him in the shop window, you know, so um which is crazy, right? Because remember Luke Shaw was supposed to be like, you know, the left back of the future for uh for you know the England the England national team. And now he's kind of like I don't know, he's probably gonna play for Everton next year or something. Yeah, that's another one where I want to know what the story is. What's really going yeah. on? <laughs> uh, Nick Goodall. Okay, you know what, Nick? Your question is a good question, but it's uh, it's it's it would take us like a whole episode to answer. So we're going to save it for next week. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Mark, Mark chimes in and says, uh, is any Manchester United player safe from rotation in April? Which is something that <clears throat> we have kind of touched upon. Zlatan seems to be the only attacking player safe from rotation and, and just a lock for every minute upcoming barring suspension. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, and Val- yeah. Valencia and De Gea are probably your only other option. Right. De- yeah. De Gea is a, yeah. De Gea too. Uh, Dave from Burnley asked a very similar question. Uh, yeah. I think that what we know from, uh, you know, from Mourinho over the years that Mourinho tends to, we haven't actually seen it with Man U this year, although he could be really trying to see what everybody has. You know, in general, Mourinho is a player, as a manager who likes to keep a pretty tight starting eleven. You know, uh, maybe just a couple players are interchangeable, but in general, yeah. you've got eight or nine guys who are playing. You know, every single game week. When he won the league with Chelsea a couple of years ago, uh, he had three players in Ibra, 
Hazard and was it John Terry maybe who played in every single game uh, during that season? All thirty eight. I mean experience. Diego Costa, not Ebra, right? Yeah, did I say? I meant I actually meant to say Hazard, which oh. is weird. <laughs> Hazard, Ivanovic, and Terry. Oh, there you go. Know. There you go. Yeah, I completely. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, so if anyone still remembers my point, uh, <laughs> well, I am, I am slightly aggrieved at all this because, um, I lost my head to head in game week 29 because somebody had, uh, Juan Mata in their team and he comes in <laughs> and, uh, well, he scored a goal did, or he got an assist. He ended up with, but no, it was the assist and the two bonus points that ended up screwing me over. So that does, despite that, I I do not think we can come close to recommending one Mata for your fantasy team. All these like who knows options, you know. I mean, Mikatarian is maybe healthy again. I mean, that midfield I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch any player in that midfield. No, I can't believe how little we've talked about Paul Pogba on this podcast this season. Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. uh, here's a, here's another guy that we haven't talked about a lot. It's Niall Parker, and with the question, is Tadic the go-to mid-price midfielder <laughs> after continuing his recent fine form with Serbia over the international break? Now, Josh, you watched uh, that Serbia match. What did you think of his performance? Uh, <laughs> I did. I watched it closely. Uh, I watched it with a couple Serbian scouts, actually, so I really had a good uh, good insight into, uh, into Tadic. Uh, I, I mean, I, Tadic is a player who I would just like, I mean, maybe it's my own bias, but I would never bring Tadic in. I mean, I, the guy is the most mercurial player. He is like, ne- you never know when you're going to get good Tadic, right? It's like, <laughs> it just, it just, and then he like, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's an attitude thing or what, but like the guy like just will randomly like not start, like he'll have like two goals and then like come on in the 70th minute in the next match. Like, I don't know. He he seems perfectly fit, right? I'm not sure what the deal is. So does the Gabbiadini injury concern you with Tadic? I mean, you, you've basically just said that you're not terribly interested in Tadic. But if I'm looking at Tadic, does the fact that they just lost their amazing new striker, who's uh, would create a lot of assist potential for Tadic, and he's gone now. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, is, is he lost? How long is he lost for? I mean, Gabby Adini is probably going to be back in a couple of weeks. So, you know, it's just, it's just a groin injury. That's not that bad. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I wish I knew more about groin injuries, Josh, in oh, so I, many ways. I know plenty. <laughs> Let's see. So, fine form in the Premier League for Tadich. He's got... Uh, three assists in the last three games, though he did blank against Spurs, but you can't blame anybody for that. Uh, and he's got a goal in there as well. Um, but three starts in a row, that's definitely momentum in terms of Dusan Tadic. So I would, don't know. I, I'm, I'm would you, would you, you would bring to, I mean, okay, they have two double game weeks coming up, you know, and they're, they're both home, although unfortunately they're home to Arsenal and Man U. But, you know, I mean, Arsenal uh, have quit on their coach, so uh, they could definitely yeah. uh, they could definitely uh, ship a couple there. And Man United, I mean, I mean, you know, Middlesbrough just scored on them, right? So how, how confident can you feel on Man United's defense? I almost feel like you're just as well off getting Wilfred Zaha into your team uh, than you are Dusan Tadic. You know, there's an interesting – just to go back to Man U for a second, I just I was thinking about Man, this Man U-Southampton game and when it gets rescheduled. If Man U 
goes all the way to the Europa League final, it could create a situation like we saw with Liverpool uh, last season. Uh, and when Liverpool played the final, it was like the only thing they had to play for at that point. Yeah. Uh, it was either like they get a Champions League spot or they finished ninth. Like there was, no, it was like the, the it was very extreme uh, what was going to happen to them, and or maybe seventh or whatever it was. You know, out of all the out of all the European spots, and uh, the, they had a fixture before that. You know, I think they it was played on like a Wednesday or something, and uh, he rested everybody for <laughs> the weekend. But like you know, like the, this team was full of like nineteen year olds. You know, because there was just no reason to feel anybody important in the in the Premier League game that week. Uh, just you know, to rest everybody for the champ for the Europa League final. So, ben Woodburn I'm, played all eleven positions. <laughs> so I mean, we you know, I guess that would make me if I were going to, you know, if I'm waiting until like game week thirty seven or something to uh, double you know to triple captain Ibrahimovic, I guess I would be paying pretty close attention to the Europa League to make sure that that scenario can't arise. But it, it's like it's like too many balls in the air to like really predict what's going to happen there. But it's just something to be aware of. All right, before we jump out of the wild card segment, do we you have anything else you want to say about Palace or Burrow? Sean number one tweeted at us if uh, we dare look at any of these players. Yeah, I wish Palace's run was a little better. I mean, they play Chelsea, Southampton, both away, Arsenal at home, Leicester at home. Those are not good fixtures. And their double game week is Liverpool and Tottenham. I mean, what, what player would you want uh, on that squad? Yeah, it's not a uh, defender, that's for yeah. sure. And Burrow, um, you know, I brought in Victor Valdez on my wild card. Uh, I like Valdez and uh, and Pickford um, as a as a rotation. Yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah. it's not a perfect rotation, but um, you know, having Valdez long term, uh, I don't know. I, I've, he's played pretty well for one thing, and yeah, man, you know, he's made some great shot stops for sure. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I mean. Burrow, I know they fired Karanka, but there's only one way that they're going to stay up, and that's by playing the same kind of defense they played before. I mean, their their way to stay up is to play like Leicester did, you know, two seasons before, uh, where they won, you know, like five one nil games, right? And uh, just at, you know, and then and that's why that's why Burrow's going to win the league next year with, uh, <laughs> right. with Martin Darun. Story as old as time at this Martin point. Martin Darun is the new Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, I, Darun is is just a guy who's been hanging around my midfield for all season and picked him up at 4.3. I think he still is 4.3. How much does he cost? But he is he's such an interesting player uh, in the league and in Berger because he is such a non-personality in the team. But he is, you'll notice, just involved in a lot of their attacking moves going forward. And he's gets you know he got on the end of that wonderful cross to, at the end of that Manchester City game. Mm-hmm. He has scoring potential, so why not? I'd say I'd say um, Darun has got to be your your first. He's priced at four point four now. Um, great fifth midfielder, and in fact, yeah. he is my fifth midfielder. There you now. go. I mean, that's a bench bench boost uh, playing it's a perfect. double game week. Yeah, it's, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, I think the answer is no, no to Palace and yes to Burrow. I, I wish Palace's fixers were better because I do think that if they were a little better, their defense has been playing a lot better. So I think that. Uh, I would look at maybe one of those, one of their defender options. Um, but as it is, I wouldn't look at anybody on that team. All right, Joshua, let's take a break and we'll come back and preview game week 30. All right, let's do it. Same old podcast, always shady. 
And we're back. Brandon, it's game week 30, finally. And uh, I'm excited about this. We have eight fixtures on Saturday. It's like old school. I feel like we haven't had an eight fixture Saturday, two fixture Sunday in a long time. The goal rush is going to be lit on NBC. It is. It's going to be the flame emojis. <laughs> uh, so the first question, okay, so let's, let's, Let's when we talk, we think about game week thirty. Let's let's kind of frame it uh, around the captaincies because um, uh, Hags Rogue, uh, Hags right. When I see that, I always think of Hagar the Horrible. Uh, Hag H A U G S R U D Hags right. <laughs> what about Hagrid uh, the uh, Harry Potter character? Oh, or ha- that would that would definitely be more logical. Uh, it says the captain this week is a very tough choice. As opposed to some com- comic strip from twenty five years ago with a Viking. <laughs> Uh, Luke Thunberg says, uh, would a uh, n- uh, minus four to bring in Sanchez be justified if I plan on captaining him? Uh, captain options seem very few and far between this week. Uh, and then the uh, brilliantly named uh, Rupert Flowerdew says, uh, a discussion on who to captain the game week 30 would be good. Plenty of candidates. Oh, my God. Controversial. Flowerdew <laughs> thinks there's plenty of candidates. Thunberg Flower thinks there are no <laughs> candidates. <laughs> Rupert uh, Flowerdew, where have you been our entire <laughs> run of the podcast? You're like number one uh, listener name with a bullet. Um, yeah, it doesn't make me comfortable to to MC this Flowerdew Funberg feud, but I guess we'll <laughs> we'll do our best. Uh, I Luke Luke Thunberg, we um, you know he's one of our friends. We corresponded with him on Twitter. He's a really great FPL manager, very smart guy. Trust him, but I'm kind of blown away by this temptation to. Burn four and Captain Alexis against City. I I am not buying it given the form that Arsenal is in right now. Well, there's Sanchez form and there's an Arsenal form. I right? mean, yeah, we 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 yeah. we can talk until we're blue in the face about how they differ, but I hope we do <laughs> until one of us is dead. Okay, so let's 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 keep the Arsenal. So Arsenal is the last fixture on Sunday. So let's keep that in the back of our head, and let's 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 look at the games, and let's as we do, let's think about the captain options, and then okay. we'll try to like wrap it up at the end. So uh, Liverpool, Everton, uh, Liverpool. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know these derbies never go well for Everton. They never do. Yeah, yeah. And Liverpool, I guess they feel good about the one-one draw. With I mean, I guess they can't because Alana missed. A uh, pretty brilliant chance to like help them secure a Champions League spot. I mean, he missed a, what was basically a sitter, and also was about to be a contend contender for goal of the season as well. So yeah, it was yeah. disaster all I, the way around. Yeah, I think it's a very difficult game to predict. Uh, I think that Everton, you know, it seems like one of those games where Lukaku is going to get six points. Right, they're going to be down like three nothing, and yeah, he'll he'll, score he'll get one, an assist one. off an own goal. Oh, I was going to say, he's going to get like a random, like Liverpool will be pressing, looking for like, you know, the, their third goal or whatever, the fourth goal. And, uh, you know, suddenly a stray ball will fall into Lukaku's path and he'll be one-on-one with the keeper. Mm-hmm. Like Lukaku's ability to be one-on-one with the keeper, it, it happens like every second. Like, I don't know how it happens so so much more for yeah, him. Yeah, it's not like player. he's the fastest guy. He's just <laughs> such, he's so strong and can shield yeah. the ball while running at pace. It's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, he he's pretty fast. I mean, he he did a one-on-one with, uh, oh, no, I'm actually thinking of Mane. Carl uh, Mane. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, Carlos. So, um, yeah, Liverpool-Everton, I don't love this from a fantasy perspective, especially with Seamus Coleman out. I mean, Coleman was... You know, so valuable to that Everton attack. I, I do not think that uh, that attack's going to look as good without without Coleman there, and it probably has a knock-on effect in Hertz Lukaku too. Uh, it's going to be almost, a huge. It surely does. I mean, given how many assists uh, Coleman set up for Lukaku. Yeah, 
I think it's going to be a huge test for the Everton midfield. Morgan Schneiderlin, assuming he starts. But he's, uh, he's, he's, he's battling an injury right now, too. Oh, is he? Yeah. I mean, if, if they're looking a little soft in the middle, which they can uh, occasionally, uh, and if Liverpool decides to pull off a, a good Liverpool performance, they could just right. steamroll Everton's back line. Yeah. Uh, that that so, said, it's yeah. wildly unpredictable. It's a wildly unpredictable, so let's, I'm not even going to hazard a prediction. Uh, Burnley, Spurs, uh, you know, on the one hand, the Spurs are so much better that you want to think of a possible captain option, a captain option coming from this game. But, uh, you know, I just don't trust anybody that's playing Burnley on the road. Yeah, I agree. Their defense is so organized, so solid. Yeah. Playing at, at Turf more, that is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Nothing, nothing you want to bet against. So no. while, yeah, while you wouldn't be unhappy to field Spurs attack, the the yeah. case for captaincy captaincy is not yeah. solid. I, not water. I actually think I think Spurs will win. I like one nothing maybe, but uh, I, you know, good luck predicting where the goal is going to come from. Yeah. So then it's Chelsea Crystal Palace. This one to me is our first big captaincy right. option. Right. Exactly. So um, I think that. Diego Costa seems like maybe the clear. If if you were wild carding as I am, it's really tempting and and almost impossible not to bring in Diego Costa mm-hmm. uh, it, for two reasons. One is because it's the best captain option for this game week. I, I think we'll talk more about this as we go through the fixtures. Uh, but also because his price point is ten point seven, which makes it very easy to move from Costa to Ibrahimovic, which is where I want to be long term. And you know, if I'm trying to move a you know, 7 million player to Ibrahimovic, like it's such a headache to even think about that. Right. Because I'll have to like basically got my, yeah. I got my wild carded team to bring him in. So be a real shame, um, Josh. It would be a real shame. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, Hazard, I, what do you think about Hazard? I know he's, uh, I think he's going to be healthy for this game. He's got a, like a calf injury. Yeah. I, I love Hazard for this matchup. I, I won't have him in my team just because I can't, um, because I won't be wild carding. Um, mm-hmm. but if I've got Hazard, I'd say between Costa and Hazard for me, maybe Hazard wins by 52, 48% in favor of Hazard for captaincy. Interesting. Wow. In favor of Hazard. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, I would not go that way myself, but, uh, I, I, I would, I don't know, but you know, my, my, my Hazard biases are long established on this podcast. <laughs> so you can't trust me with Hazard. I, and, and perhaps it's my reverse bias. And I think I've been sort of chasing this, uh, Hazard's form. I mean, I haven't actually been bringing him into my team, but I've been waiting for him to become a must own player. I think this I latter really, half of the season, I think a lot of people have. Yeah. And it's I think not, I really hate Hazard. I think I like really, <laughs> I, I genuinely hate him. No, you don't. Well, okay, no, I don't. But He's I, He's a I don't creator like of many great memories for us. I mean, many terrible mm. memories as well. But <laughs> for me, uh, uh, yeah. So let's say. Uh, I mean, I know Christopher also played a little bit better, but they barely played in the last month. Uh, you know, I think that this is like a 4-0 Chelsea win. Maybe what about, three, okay, four, here, I'll throw this one at you. Marcus yeah. Alonso, captain. Yeah. I don't like to captain keepers. Uh, I just think it's, like, all it takes, all it takes is a, is a random set piece, a corner kick, anything for that, that clean sheet to go away. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying, like, there's never a time to do it, but 
you know, I, I it would I mean like a double game week maybe. You know, if they were playing Crystal Palace and Burnley back to back, then point, I, that's point. yeah, yeah. Uh Hull West Ham. Oh man. Uh pass. Yeah, pass. That, that's a pass. Should be an interesting game. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. I think uh they both need this game. I mean I well, Hull really need this game and and West Ham, um and you're right. What you were saying about West Ham earlier is true. It does feel like, it does feel like they, they're still playing for something. Maybe because they started on such a sour note. And I, I think they do like to play for uh, Billich. You know, I don't think they want him to get sacked at the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably like a draw, right? Like one-one draw seems about right there. What about uh, what about a Niasi uh, punt, an Omar Niasi punt? Yeah, it doesn't work for my the structure I'm going for. But I, he seems like a like a good striker option yeah if, if he gets the playing time okay yeah. next up it's lester stoke yeah and we haven't talked about lester at all uh this episode and i but am jamie vardy uh, bandwagon is in full yeah. flight right now it's understandably so i mean i am really high on lester right now and uh, i don't know why you wouldn't be because this is a really talented team full of Excellent, like, you know, full of almost all the players who won the league last year, minus Ngolo Conte, and they are, like, loving playing together right now. Like, they, they're, just, they're, they're playing so confidently. It's a three on the bounce in the Premier League, and then they won the, uh, you know, they won against Sevilla in the um, Champions League, too. So I don't think this team is deep enough to worry about rotation, you know, in the Atletico Madrid game. It's not like, first of all, they have to stay out of relegation, right? So there's no chance that Mar or Vardy are going to get rested yeah. because, they, because they're playing the second leg of the, you know, Atletico match. Apart from this loss to Spurs, though, um, about a month ago, Stoke haven't looked all that bad. I mean, they gave a great second-half performance against Chelsea last game week, and then there was the draw against City prior to that. Uh, they what, what about what about Vardy as a captain choice this game week? Well, yeah, again, looking at the Stoke form, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. I, I, yeah. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, <laughs> he, he just scored again today. Yeah, beautiful uh, goal, yeah. great pass from uh, Lalana to to put him through and finished finished in vintage Jamie Vardy form. He does look like yeah. the player of last season a bit. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't look askance at someone who captained Jamie Vardy. Neither would I. I would not kick him out of bed. It's got to be Jamie Vardy, uh, but not Riyad Mahrez. I think Mahrez uh, still is on the outside of this FPL conversation for the moment. Yeah, I think so. His price makes it really hard to bring him in, too. I mean, it's a huge punt for a nine, whatever he is, 9.1 or something like that. Uh, Man United, West Brom. Uh, without Ibra, I can't say that I'm very excited about this game. Yeah, don't bother. Just don't yeah. bother. Yeah, they're going to win, I'm sure. But, you know, it's going to be like Ander Herrera to Paul Pogba. Pogba. <laughs> I mean, say, say you're planning to – there's your mention, Pogba. Um, say – Say you're uh, planning to wild card, like going into game week 31. You're just going to throw all caution to the wind. I mean, maybe Marcus Rashford for this fixture. Okay. Will he, will he even play? I mean, who knows? You know, like, Marshall. who knows? You just, like, who, maybe? Like, these guys just don't play with any consistency. It's impossible to know how they're going to line up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This yeah, is also just, the kind of, kind of game that West Brom might actually show up for. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you have to give him credit for how he played against uh, Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, Watford Sunderland. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> the one, the one thing to note here is that Jermaine Defoe is a is a tempting wild card option. I, I don't plan to bring him in, but I think he is tempting. Scored again today. Uh, you know, I mean, a Watford team that, as we've established, is pretty much on the beach. Uh, you know, I think that Defoe could definitely pick up a goal or two in this game. What if Watford comes out for this match and it turns out their kit spot kit sponsor has been changed to Pacific Coast Sun, <laughs> Pacific or, uh, Sunwear? Yeah, how are the sunglasses hot? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, South, let's just move on. Southampton, Bournemouth. Uh, I don't have much to say about this game either. Uh, I think this is going to be. It could be one of the best games of the more competitive games of the weekend. I mean, obviously, you've pure, got pure watch, perhaps a, a good pure watch. I mean, you do have lots of killer fixtures like Arsenal City and, and Liverpool Everton. But um, these think? teams look, seem pretty well matched in form yeah. and personnel at the moment. What do you think about Maya Yoshida as a wild card player? Start of the last. 10 fixtures. I mean, he's got to free up an insane amount of cash and he, he's 4.3 million. Yeah. He's, he's in for the rest of the season. 4.3 million and two double game weeks. I think he's worth bringing in, uh, especially as a fourth or fifth defender. Um, because all it takes is, well, just one clean sheet and either the double game weeks, right. Or, um, or just like a random assist or a goal or, you know, I mean, I, I've seen, he has been I've known seen, to score a headed goal. I have seen Yoshida score a goal with my own eyes on, on TV, not, not in person. Say, back when you were living on the South Coast. So let's just, I'm just looking here, Brandon. My Yoshida has not scored a goal this season, but he has scored one goal in each of the last three seasons. My Yoshida will score a goal this year. The stats don't lie. <laughs> the stats don't lie. Uh, so I think that I think Southampton will win this game. But you know, I don't know if Gabby Dini's back yet. I don't think there's any. Uh, no, it doesn't seem to be any as of this writing. I mean, I'm sure the yeah. press conferences will. Yeah. Will uh, illuminate that a bit Chuck- more. No, no talk of Josh yeah, King so here. I think, though. And, and, no, no, no talk of King. <laughs> don't talk like- to me of King. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we had uh, we saw somebody on Twitter uh, saying is is King is Joshua King fixture proof? So it's already gotten to this level of um, Joshua King basically being I don't know I don't know who else is in that conversation of being fixture proof. Hey, Josh, Josh King is a good player, and if you bring him in, more power to you. Go with God. You know, good luck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't argue with that. I don't think we should push that <laughs> push that any further. Uh, all right, and that brings us to uh, Sunday. We have uh, Swansea and the Burgers, a, a true six pointer. Uh, this this has the um, possibility of being a rather dull affair, but it does does give me that rare opportunity to start Martin Darun, um, and happily so. I'm yeah. not going to double up on um, Swansea midfield with Tom Carroll mm-hmm. and Sigurdsson, so I'm going to pick yeah. Sigurdsson against Martin Darun. Yeah, uh, I think you, I think you're right. It could be a dull affair. Neither team. It's, it's you would think it would be Kadri, and neither team wants to lose this game. Oh yeah, it's a huge yeah. game for both of these uh, teams. Yeah, uh, I see. So yeah, I would expect Swansea to win. They kind of have to win this game. If you're losing at home to to even drawing at home, uh, you know, just given. Given all the good work they've done to crawl themselves out of the relegation spot, it'd really be a shame. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't predict a clean sheet for uh, Middlesburger. Swansea, maybe. So maybe this is an Alfie Mawson game. Yeah, yeah. But given how hard Swansea will surely be pressing for a goal, it's got to be open. It's got to be pretty open. Uh, Arsenal, Man City, final game of the day. Uh, and this is where we get back to the Flower Dew Thunberg Derby that we were discussing earlier. I In this think, corner, you have Thunberg. Yeah. In that corner, Flower Dew. I, I think that. Uh, I don't know. Is it ever, I, you know, if you're going to burn four for anybody, it's probably, you know, uh, it's, it's probably Alexis Sanchez that you want to burn the four for. Um, this week, I don't, though? I mean, Man City's defense completely sucks. I mean, they are, they're so bad. I, I, you know, I mean, you might as well have like the Stoke defense playing you at home. There's no difference. I mean, there's just no, uh, there's no reason to think that City is going to be, you know, I mean, I know that they kept clean sheets, you know, uh, home to Stoke and away to Sunderland in the double game we had a couple of weekends ago, but those teams are terrible. And uh, you know, when they play a team that has any kind of attack, they tend to, you know, concede a few. So, um, the, I mean, the question is, do we think that our, like Sanchez would get like a brace? You know, I mean, that, that's like kind of what you—that's the kind of return you'd want, right? To, uh, if you're burning for, burn yes, captain, and yeah. I do not think that's happening. I do not yeah. think it is, particularly if he's he's going to be traveling Tuesday night. Um, if you're if you're burning if you're captaining though does that I feel like that does make the four worth less somehow it feels more like burning two or something yeah and I don't want to be a you spoil know? sport it, it it does sound fun Luke sounds like it would you, be a good time you're kind of being on a spoil sport right now okay if I were to rank my 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 top two options for captains this week uh, I would pick Jamie Vardy and um, Diego Costa and. Uh, maybe Sanchez third, just because Sanchez is like a great, like he's always a good third option. I will, uh, I'm, I'm feeling good about Sergio Aguero right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think Arsenal looks like crap. I think their midfield in particular, um, is soft and is playing like crap. I think there are going to be plenty of scoring opportunities for city and Aguero. I, I'll bet you 50 cents, Josh, 50p, mm-hmm. that Aguero scores a goal against Arsenal. I'll bet you 50 cents that Sanchez has more points than Aguero at the end of this match. Deal. I'll take it. All right. All right. It's on. So okay. it's the f- Wait, $49.50 rem- cup. Rem- remind me who, who, your <laughs> captain, who your captain picks were? Uh, Vardy and Costa. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Aguero and Vardy. Okay, that's not, uh, good. Good options there. Uh, all right, thanks everybody for listening. It's good to be back, and I hope this podcast was helpful. It was good talking to you, Brandon. It's great fantasy. catching up, Josh. I yeah. know we 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 were part of a poker game yesterday, and it's kind of an unspoken rule that, like, you know, when you and I are among non fantasy nerds that we do not talk about things like fantasy premier league i don't think it even came there was there was definitely like a fight club aspect to it yesterday at the poker game we were very reserved there was a point during the game in which you said to the to the game collectively and i'm a major premier league fan and you made no attempt to uh you just sort of said it out of hand like it was a a funny little thing about you and I, did I even have a point or did I just say it out of the blue? <laughs> hey, just everybody, just so you know. It's just like Tourette's. That's basically <laughs> what this podcast has become, just us shouting out things uh, with, with no context. 
It's like yeah, it's like a, a Republican talk radio. But here it is. Uh, it's the home stretch of the FPL here. I think this is our. This has been the last it. break yeah. before the end of the season. Uh, two things, Brandon. Or, uh, two two people I want to thank at the end of this podcast. Uh, one is uh, Roger Kendrick. Uh, thank you for uh, your pledge this game week, and uh, Tom Cantle. A uh, very big thank you for your pledge. And Tom, uh, we will have. Uh, your pins out uh, ASAP. Everyone who has pledged a pin should have received them by now. Uh, but let me just go back in and make sure that um, make sure that was true. Um, or feel free to send us yeah, hate mail if, if you if haven't you have gotten your pins. Pin. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was we ended up having to create like kind of a massive spreadsheet to sort it all out. And I there are a lot of international shipments in there, and it got a little tricky. So if um, if you if you pledge five dollars and you have not uh, received a pin, please let me know ASAP, and uh, we'll send out um, we'll send out pin, we'll, we'll send out like bonus pins to you to, to apologize for it. So yeah, but uh, thank, yeah, thanks so, thanks to yeah, everyone for pledging on Patreon who who does so that helps us offset the cost of running the pod and it's a huge help. And you can check out ways to support us and the rewards that you get at Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. That's right. And uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, if you haven't already, uh, you can go to iTunes, subscribe there, leave a review. Uh, you can listen to us directly on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, or TuneIn. And for those of you asking about downloading MP3 files, uh, if that's easier for you to listen, you can do that right on our SoundCloud page. And on social media, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters where we'll be live tweeting um, all of the highs and lows of the game week this weekend. Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash always cheating. And uh, you can send us an email at hailcheaters at gmail.com. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, Brandon, have mercy. And Bakani forever, Joshua. All right. Hail cheaters, everybody. Poku forever. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.